Okay, everybody, we are back for another Let's Dig Into It interview series. And I'm so, so, so excited about this one. Um, I have two people that I've, I've grown to really appreciate since joining in to the online birding community. And I came across their Instagram page um, at Birders Fund. And like, hands down was like, I love everything about this and have just been so appreciative and and grateful and thankful for all the work that these two individual individuals are doing for our black and latinx youth um, surrounding birding and scholar and, and and scholarships and college and all of that stuff so i want to introduce um taiki james and orieta estrada from the black and latinx birders fund welcome y'all thank you so much for being here Happy to be here. Thank you so much for that introduction. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, we're, mm -hmm. we're so glad to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourselves individually, individual projects, and then jump into um, kind of what you two do as a duo together. Well, O comes first in the alphabet. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, my name is Orieta, and um, I am a mother. Um, I'm a lifelong nature lover, um, uh, but uh, I guess, I don't know, serious birder for 10 years. Um, I am a content manager and photographer, and together with Taiki, I co-chair the Black and Latinx Birder Scholarship, or the Black and Latinx uh, Birders Fund, um, and together we have co-founded Amplify the Future. And uh, you, you said it correctly. It is true. The rumors are all true. My name is Taiki James. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very, very happy and privileged co-chair with Orietta on the Black and Latin Birder Scholarship Fund. And I myself, I, I think I've been birding for about a decade. Uh, for me, it started as a job. And, you know, for the most part, it still is. Um, and, uh, you know, in my non-birding, non-scholarship, non-work free, free time, I love cooking. And um, most recently, something that has been inspiring me from Sola is uh, uh, pickles and dill and braised mushrooms. Like there's just something that happens there that I, again, in my free, free, my freest of times <laughs> that I, 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 I dig into that. Wait, yeah. so so pickles with braised mushrooms or like the separate entities? I would say the dill. And I heard today that you can use pickle brine to deglaze a pan of sauteing mushrooms. So oh. like it's just like a different it adds another level. People add white wine, they let that reduce, add a little pickle juice. You know, <laughs> watch watch how that changes the game. I don't like pickles, but I'm here for whatever it is you're doing with them. So okay. pickle lover over here. And also, uh, you know, Taiki and I have become friends over the past year, but also Taiki has helped me learn how to cook. So yeah, we, we have definitely exchanged pictures <laughs> while cooking recipes. Some things, you know, are real touch and go. <laughs> SOS. Yeah, SOS is usually the text. Yeah. Um, or help or something. Uh, but like, not only have we done uh, like some some kind of text cooking, we also help devise some recipes for a fundraiser mm -hmm. that we do every year called uh, Bachata and Birds, mm -hmm. where we do a little dancing, we do a little talk about birds. However, this year it was sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. And so we had some nice inspirational uh, bird themed vodka drinks and those are incredible and i'd be happy to share them i mean they're also on at birders fund on instagram and twitter if you want to look at the recipes uh Orieta did the design so and and the names for like seeing how the bird <laughs> matches within the name like you know like a simple one purple martini i love it right right Clever. you like you like your purple martins you like your martinis <laughs> right oh and i think the only thing that the way I made it, I, I used a blueberry. No, I used raspberry simple syrup, you know, and I put that in the shaker for the martini. I love it. I love it. I wasn't able to make the the bachata and birds um, event this time around, but it looked so freaking cute and fun. And the, the Tito's drinks, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I missed out so hard. 
we'll have to we'll have to we'll link a we'll link down in this yeah and, and get people back into that that's 100 percent. i love it yeah there'll um, be another there'll be another mm-hmm. like this like soon well, I mean, you know, okay. I got to check my schedule. You going to put me on the spot? <laughs> I'm not going to say no. See, that's no, the thing. I'm okay. not going to say no because it it's so, so much fun. fun. Oh, my like, gosh. It was so, so much, much fun. fun. And like the after party. Wow. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. There was yeah, an yeah. after party? Yeah, because we had a bartender. Like, wow. shout out to Ashley Ann. Like, we had a great bartender. We had yeah. a great. Uh, I. It's like. It makes me think nostalgically <laughs> and it's something yeah, that happened in they, February, <laughs> even though so much stuff happened between now and, and January, even like, I'm like, oh man, those were the good times, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. So <laughs> that true. sounds so fun. I'm mad I miss it. All right. Well, well, whenever the next one happens, I will be there and I'm going to stay for this so-called after party because I'm trying to see what's popping <laughs> and what, what, how, how, how Barter's fun really gets lit. Okay. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Um, well, I, I'm so, like I said, I'm so, so, so happy to be chatting with you too. Um, and I can't wait to hear everything that you have going on. Um, but we did kind of mention this right before we got started here that, um, maybe there is some chat to be had about your name and, and kind of like the difference between Amplify the Future and Black and Latinx birders scholarship slash fund. So one of y'all or both y'all want to kind of dive into that. Uh, So, you know, Amplify the Future is a budding nonprofit organization, and we support initiatives for black and brown birders, um, naturalists, uh, conservationists, and um, we will be implementing new initiatives to support groups uh, not represented in mainstream conservation beyond outreach and free work like volunteerism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are the uh, creators and managers of the Black and Latin Experters Fund. Yeah, we operate under a self-governing independent committee where we've recruited folks from that we know, um, that we've met through our experiences birding and even the virtual ones. Um, and that that those committee members, I think, represent some of the bar- brightest folks in the birding community. Um, and, you know, it is a committee that is uh, ever evolving because as the as, as Orietta mentioned, this scholarship effort is growing into its you know own nonprofit. You know, eventually we'll be looking for board members, you know, and we're looking to see how we can build the capacity of leadership in activities like this and important efforts to um, make more equitable uh, the outcomes of this education system that mm-hmm. <laughs> some would say, some would say, I'm no historian, but some would say <laughs> historically are not set up for us to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us would say Texas oh, okay. would be the case. So. <laughs> here, here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm proud that, you know, one of the things that opens when, we, you know, you talk about what the scholarship is for until school and education is free and accessible to everyone, we're going to be here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to mention that because not a lot of organizations or not a lot of efforts consider themselves, um, you know, to have an end, you know, like what is the vision? If everything went your way, what is the vision of, of what you completed, you know, and, and we, we begin with that and I'm, you know, really happy. And I think that that's a really aspirational way to do the work. 100%. And I think like for myself personally, like when I was in college, like I did not necessarily like want to work with birds or anything. I distinctly remember looking through my schedule or like like class options. I started in zoology and there's like an ornithology class. And I was like, hell no, like that sounds boring as all hell. Um, I was not, I was, I was a mammal girl, you know what I mean? But just the, just the fact that like there is these uh, these available these opportunities for um, these these kids out there to get help when they're in college? There's so many kids that I went to school with, um, specifically Black kids who got our first generation into college, and they got there, but then they they had to leave because they couldn't afford it anymore, um, and it was so sad. It's not it's, it was a sad story for me, especially like into my junior and senior years where I was like basically like 
um, collecting all these freshmen, you know, babies. And I'm like, I love you guys so much. Like, and then to see them go a semester later was really heartbreaking. So I'm happy that you guys are all doing that. And I actually would love to transition. It's a good transition into this year's um, application process because I know that it's it's open now, right? For the 2021 application for the scholarship. Yeah, it's, it's open. Yep. Awesome. Uh, the, the, <laughs> deadline, <laughs> the deadline is... Um, June 18th. Yeah. June 18th. Okay. Hopefully what, it's easy to remember. It's the day before Juneteenth. So maybe, okay. maybe you apply, you know, maybe you're stressing out about applying. Okay. I'm not telling you to not apply now. You should apply now as soon as you can. But if you feel like you got to wait, you will wait until the big celebration on that Saturday mm-hmm. and, you know, try to apply yourself, apply to the scholarship. And, you know, the hope is every applicant walks away with something that will be yeah. beneficial to them. Uh, whether or not that's the scholarship is, you know, up to the pool, up to the committee, up to the applications. But, you know, the hope is this is something that benefits all folks who participate. Awesome. And what's the application process like? Like, what are some of the questions that, that might come up on the application process? Yeah, so, um, so the, so I can, I can just start from the top, right? Like, so the eligibility is for undergraduate students, 18 and older. Um, so, you know, you could be like 40 or 50 and be doing your undergraduate degree in STEM um, and we will support you. Um, so the scholarship awards range from a minimum of $2,500 to $5,000. Um, this year, we are sustainable for two $5,000 scholarships, so we will be awarding two $5,000 scholarships. Um, so the, the rules are you have to live in and attend college in the contiguous United States. And we, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about uh, your birding experiences, how you became a birder, um, how are you involved in the birding community, why you're pursuing a degree in STEM, and really, you know, how you plan to bring back your knowledge and skills to your community. Um, you know, that said, we, we use birder in a, like a broad context, okay? So like maybe you're a lister or you volunteer at a nature center and you're engaged with your community with live prey, uh, birds of prey. Um, maybe you're working on a, um, maybe you're helping a, a PhD student with their bird-related conservation uh, thesis or something. Um, so really, you know, it's a person who's engaged in a bird-oriented lifestyle and, you know, your life is centered around birds, bird advocacy, um, and bird conservation or bird conservation. And, and bird art. Bird art, yeah. We love uh-huh. art. Science mm-hmm. communication as well. So like yeah. if you're writing a lot about birds, that that's also uh, uh, makes you eligible for this. Um, and as far as the rules go, um, you know, we, we want to hear from people who um, want to tell their story. So you can tell your story in an essay, or maybe you're like not really into essay, maybe an essay, maybe you do like a long form Twitter thread. Okay, maybe, right, like maybe <laughs> you do a YouTube video, you know, or maybe you do like a TikTok, and then you make that a YouTube video, right? Like, we only say YouTube as a way, as a means for it to, to get to us. So, and then we ask for uh, one or two recommendations, um, you know, basically to serve as a reference. And then we need proof of enrollment at a two or four year college or university. Um, and I, I want to emphasize also that, you know, we are here also for the two year schools, right? We're also here for students who are in community college. I was a community college student, right? I know many people were. Um, so I wanna you know, uh, emphasize that. Um, we need proof of a minimum uh, cumulative GPA of uh, 2.0 and um, a letter of, from the admissions office um, and a copy of transcripts. And uh, then we ask that you be 18 years and older. We understand that might be like a little bit of a hurdle for some students who graduate a little bit early or who graduate when they're 17. I was a student who graduated when I was 17. But uh, as Taiki has said, you know, we're working at the capacity at which we can work with. So maybe next year's, the next year's rules will be a little bit different. Um, and then finally, we do an interview with the committee via Zoom. 
And then I didn't realize um, that this was for 18 and up. And I love that. <laughs> I think because last year's or last round's winners were so young, I thought it was for just um, undergrad youth, basically. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I put that detail in there because, um, you know, it, it took me seven years to finish an undergraduate degree and it took me four to finish a master's. Um, and, you know, that was because I had to work full-time jobs to pay for my school and pay for where yeah. I lived. And right. I didn't have scholarships or, or anything to, or anyone to help me through that. Um, so, you know, we, we understand and uh, yeah, 18 and up. <laughs> you love it. That's awesome. Um, Taiki, anything to add? I think that, you know, folks that look at this opportunity and, you know, find themselves applying, you know, you should really think about how this is an effort for the birding community to support itself. You know, I think uh, Orietta and I, we're part of the birding community, our committee, you know, or we're all part of it in some way, different ways, very different ways. Um, and this is just one of the ways that we're just trying to contribute to the continued success of um, delivering on the promises of our work to make an equitable and inclusive and by result of more diverse burden community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it means taking stuff like this seriously and uh, really thinking about what it means to, um, you know, support this effort for those who want to donate. Uh, you know, we take that very seriously as well, that um, this isn't uh, a space for some organization to put a rubber stamp and say, oh, we've done our EDI, we've mm -hmm. done our equity, diversity and inclusion, we donated to the scholarship fund. No, you know, and we also don't want, well, not to give a long list of things that we don't want. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my point on one thing we do want. We've been right? through some stuff. So that's oh, why that's where this we? list comes from. So Right, right, right. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we want folks to feel like this is this is the work that it takes to build a better burden community. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that that's why I I one of the many reasons why I love the work that you two are doing and, and all of your committee members is that like it's it, it goes above and beyond what the the what I think is the um, acceptable thing to do for organizations at this point, like you're saying, Taiki is just like, oh, well, I did the donation or I took the class on, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And like, then that's it, you know? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, or I've, or I've, you know, asked, you know, black and brown people to do a bunch of work for me to explain that or, you know, <laughs> or like, oh, write me this article and, and, you know, show me that, help me, look good to my white donors basically is what that go. is you know yeah. and so i i appreciate the fact that there is a essentially a for us by us organization yeah. out here yeah. that's actually instead of talking about representation they're literally helping representation to actually happen and and outside of whatever kind of conversation we can have about racism and birding or or you know, the struggles there, it's, it's literally helping people do the things that they care about, regardless of anything else, right? And that to me right. is important. It's so important. So I just love y'all. Oh <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Orietta right hit on it. Like, you know, a lot of this, a lot of our motivation is driven from prior experience. I mean, you know, uh, what was your college experience like? Would you say it was typical? Who, or me or, 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 or Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at O when I said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't see yeah, on Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Sam, you too. Now I want to ask you the question. Bam, table's turn. <laughs> Interview the interviewer. I love it. Um, yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I've grown up my whole life not seeing people in the upper echelons of organizations that I admire who look like me or who are part of other groups that are not represented um, and groups that are ignored. Um, and, you know, I, I, my college experience um, was, was not typical. I mean, I watched a lot of my, um, you know, uh, friends uh, graduate a lot quicker, get into careers a lot quicker. Um, you know, meanwhile, I, I had to take a lot of different jobs. I mean, I've, 
I've worked like 50 different jobs in my life um, to support myself through school. And none of them were like, you know, great internships with great organizations that I could put on my resume, you know? Oh, and, and then I, internships too. Oh, internships. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like Ugh. that's another reason why we think the scholarship is so important and why we're so focused on that $5,000 number. Like that's why we're focused on that because I know from personal experience that you know, I personally could not afford to do an internship, right? But if I had, you know, 5k, I might be able to afford to do an internship. Um, because I know the other things that I have to pay for as a independent student um, would be taken care of, right? So, so yeah, and I, you know, I, I also want to mention that, um, and, you know, that's really in reference to my undergraduate degree, but I, I did my graduate degree um, abroad, and it was the only way I was able to afford to do my graduate degree is to move to a whole different country, learn a whole different language, and then, and then do my graduate degree abroad. And then when I came back here, I thought, you know, I'm going to do a second graduate degree. And then I was like, okay, this is impossible. I can't afford this. And there is no representation of, of me, like my, my, professors, my advisors, like they don't see me because it's not possible for them to see me. Like they, they just don't get me. So I dropped it out. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel that. I think like, um, for me, like I, I only have an undergrad degree. Um, and I was privileged enough to go to uh, a private school, which in Ohio, and I chose that school because they had a really great science program, um, specifically for zoology. And when I got there, like little did I, and I came from an all black school, you know, like, well, oh. little did I fucking know that it was all white people. And like such a small community of, of black people from America, but a lot of international students anyway. Um, but I just didn't realize that I would literally be the only black person in my science classes, mm. every single, single freaking one of them. And it was extremely difficult for me to move through those classes, despite my passion that I have for them. But mm -hmm. just also like, I ended up not even graduating with my zoology degree because I couldn't get past chemistry. And I tried everything. I had tutors, I had did everything. My brain just doesn't work that way. But they stuck me in these like chemistry classes that are like for chemists. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> can I get the basics? Like, can I get the basics? And then I might be okay. But you have me in here look like with people who have chemists for, for parents. I didn't, wasn't able to walk away with the degree that I wanted because of my experiences in the science department being really, I don't know. Back then I wasn't real like aware of how racism plays into that, those mm. systems. Um, and so I can't really sit here and say that I was having some sort of racist experience, even though inherently I know that I was um, being literally again, the only, I'll say only black person in black American, I'll say, cause like I said, there's a lot of international kids there too, but um I definitely struggled because my mind doesn't function on a micro level. I look at things more macro. And so chemistry is very small things. Um, and I didn't get it. And I tried really, really hard to have a tutor and pass these classes. And I just couldn't. So I had to drop down to a minor. Um, and that was really sad for me because that was my goal in life was to essentially be a zookeeper <laughs> and you need that degree to do that. Um, and if you, and that's like kind of the thing too about uh, uh, internships where like you can become a zookeeper without that degree, but you have to have these internships. You have to have experience to get the experience. That should like blows my mind. I'm like, well, how am I supposed to, <laughs> what? It's unbelievable. And, yeah. Right. You have to like be able to afford to work for free. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, what? that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and like, there was this amazing opportunity that I had found when I was in school that was um, in Florida. It was an unpaid internship for several months um, doing uh, green sea turtle rehab. And I wanted to do that so badly, but I could not afford to like go there and pay for room and board and like 
my entire life, you know what I mean, down there mm. and then not work. Like who's going to get a job somewhere for three months? You know what I mean? Mm. And then that directly interferes with all of the time that you need to actually do the internship work. And so, yeah, you have to get a yeah. job to get the job. You have to like get, have a job to be able to afford the job to get the job that you eventually want. Right. Yep. And, right, that makes no right. Sense. And, then, and then there's this like whole other thing that happens called life. Right. <laughs> Oh, like, you know, that thing where people get sick or, you know, they have other things happen to them, like, you know, car breaks down, you know, I mean, it's like, this is just not, this is like not a system that's just, that's set up for success, <laughs> for, right. you know. And at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, you know, as, as rewarding as the college experience is meant to be as rewarding as the academic rigor of these kind of courses are meant to be at what point do you ask yourself are these benchmarks for success or are these barriers for everybody else mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. and like and, and you know those benchmarks like you know, I, I have a small child, uh, she's seven, and I, I often think about those those benchmarks, those academic benchmarks. I mean, like, what are those like really for? You know, like those those benchmarks don't, you know, have anything to do with what her worth is as a person or what her dreams and aspirations are as a person, and, and nor should they with young adults or adults who are, you know, trying to break into these fields that, you know, were, are not being thoughtful of of them <laughs> mm -hmm. and I mean at the end of the day it's kind of like what's the definition of success and who's defined that word in any way and the the who's defined it is white supremacy and whiteness right and just yeah. like perfection perfectionism mm -hmm. and then making sure that you hit and have all of these credentials in order to prove that you are worthy of blank 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 mm -hmm. um and that then within that, everything is set up against us. It, it doesn't, it's not, we're not supposed to be there is really what it comes down to. And so when we are there, we have to work harder. We have to, you know, end up paying more. And then we suffer trauma the entire time that we're there in these mm -hmm. communities. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, to have, to have something like, you know, the, the Black and Latinx Birders Scholarship is, is, something that like I said this in the beginning that I wish that despite me not like wanting to take ornithology classes I was doing wildlife rehab for three of those years that I was it's there, okay so, like yeah it's all right like don't <laughs> I would have loved to like, have that it's fine like you know yeah. you, maybe maybe your ornithology class like would have been a snooze fest you know I mean oh you God. know right I mean but ornithology <laughs> now is like amazing right so it's all good yeah yeah. And it's funny, this is just a side, but it's funny because there's this person who reached out to me on Facebook who is an alumni from my school um, because my my school, my college just reached out to me um, to feature me for their like alumni women women's month thing. Oh. And it, it, mm, not so, cool. I'm like, cool. I'm like, uh, cool. I don't know. I'm like, benefit of the doubt. Like, this is cool. Cool. Okay. Right. No, because I know why they did. And here's, <laughs> and here's, you know, it's so funny because like, oh, again, black, okay, okay. The, the tea is thick everywhere you go and black folks got the damn tea. So my friend, my friend, Alex, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he texted me. He was like, Oh, so did, did, did Owu reach out to you yet? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, okay. Cause I told them I went on, he went on their alumni Facebook page and was like, your shit's real white. You need to get <laughs> together. Um, and so then they started reaching out to, you know, to anyway, so it's fine. Like I took it, I take, I'll take the highlight, but then I, the reason why is because they got called the fuck out about it. And I right. think it's funny. And right. then now I had this, this person in my, him slide into my inbox talking about oh I'm really interested in in your your experience in ornithology and I was like did you read anything that they put <laughs> yeah. in there right. I don't have a degree in that and it's like you didn't read shit did you anyway so that's and then there's that that's all of the the right the repercussions of shit like that anyway, but. And, and it's still, I mean, that's, and that's everywhere, I, I, not everywhere, but I mean, like that's, it's, it's relevant. That's the word I want to say. I mean, that's, that's completely relevant. And that's, 
that's what's happening right now. I mean, you know, I, I personally have spent a lot of time and money in the birding community, like trying to be present, trying to show my face, trying to be some kind of representation for myself and for anybody else. And what it has taught me pre 2020 was that there's not a whole lot of interest or there was not a whole lot of interest in holding space for black and brown birders, uh, you know, and the makeup of the organizations of all these organizations have taught me that as well. You know, it's, it's visible, like literally go on the websites, right? Like look at the management structures, like look at the makeup of the boards. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've had organizations approach me and flat out ask, what can we do to be more diverse? And I've politely have said, and Tyke, he's going, because oh, he knows what I'm talking about. You know, I've had, I've had, you know, I've, I've politely have said, you know, the first thing that comes out of my mouth every time, you know, and if anybody's listening and they want to ask me this question, this is what I'm going to tell you. Change your board, start at the top, offer seats to black leaders and other leaders of color. And then, you know, and then, you know, after that, the next question is usually, well, um, do you know anyone? Like asking me, like, do you know anyone? Like, you know, and, and, I, and I'm like, I always like hesitate. I'm like, well, <laughs> no shit, of course I know anyone. <laughs> but then my concern is like, why would I send them to you? You know, like, right. why don't you know anyone? You're supposed right. to be at the top of your field. Why haven't you made connections as a white person to, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote, BIPOC communities? And, you know, the answers I've heard are, well, it's hard to get on our board, you know? And I've also heard, well, we need board members who will contribute money. And that's unacceptable. It's offensive. And it upholds the status quo of white supremacy and conservation. And... We don't work with those organizations. <laughs> no, we do not. And, you know, I still get requests. I still get people. Hey, Taiki, do you know XYZ Blackbirder? Could you pass along <laughs> contact of XYZ Blackbirder? And I'm like, I don't even know how you got my contact. <laughs> like, you talk about yeah. somebody else. Like, who are you in my <laughs> inbox? Like, excuse me. Um, Seriously. You know, yeah. and this is like some of the the trendiness of it right because like this is virtual so it is almost easier to have folks be more accessible yeah. and i do think that like in some benefit in some benefit these videos these podcasts these zooms are going to exist for a time long long after us mm -hmm. and when we think about what this meant at this time it's good to be aware and reflective what I'm thinking about and what I'm kind of interested in and hinting towards is what will this mean in the future when we know that the demographics of this country, of the United States, will reflect a lot differently than it does right now, yeah. you know? And so what does this mean of representation? What does this mean of access, of, of being the first in the room or, or whatever that is? What does that mean if 20, 50, 40 years from now, the power structure is still maintained just because you have diversity doesn't mean things are equitable yeah right and and diversity of demographic doesn't necessarily mean you're being inclusive right like a, a salad is relatively diverse <laughs> you know you can have a diverse salad and that salad can be disgusting <laughs> you know like it yeah. it may not serve a purpose yeah, yeah. so like if the aims alone are narrow and shallow <laughs> to achieve diversity, to 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 perform inclusion, if, if we are thinking so shallow and achieving so narrowly, well, then the power structures that be today will be the ones that hold firm tomorrow. And so I hope that, you know, in the work that we're doing with the Black and Latin Expert or Scholarship Fund and the work that we will continue to do building on that vision with Amplify the Future seeks to dismantle those big systems that those big structures historic that have been there for so long because part of what we're doing that is so radical part of what we're doing that isn't what the the powers that be currently have because this idea is it, always has always been there you know the reason why we're doing it and the reason why folks want to be a part of it now is because it's a trend yeah. And I mean, we are doing incredible work. Let me not dismiss no, the awesome totally stuff are. that we're yeah. doing. <laughs> but I'm just finding interest that like, if this is a trend now, what does it mean to the power structures 
later because I think I'm all about dismantling those power structures, you know, in interpersonal ways and in institutional ways and in structural ways. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like with the scholarship, right? I mean, like we're looking at short-term and long-term impacts, you know, be, beyond, you know, and, and, you know, my reference to what I was talking about regarding the, the birding community that I've been, you know, trying to, you know, put my foot in for way too long that I just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to make my own space here. You know, like um, I said, pre 2020 for a reason. Right. And like, you know, I did a big year in 2018. Okay. And that went very unnoticed. Okay. I was 13th in my state, the only woman of color. And I did it with a five-year-old four turning five-year-old. Okay. Nobody really cared. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. and that was pre 2020, like maybe, you know, I don't know. Listen, we get that a lot of people are like really interested in us because this is a trend. We get that. Right. But you know, we're, we also make it a point to only work with organizations who have committed to us, you know, their, promise of doing the work to dismantle the status quo and not to uphold the insidiousness of white supremacy right i feel like and here's the thing <laughs> y'all got me all fired up let's um, go I, yeah let's do that really i mean this to, is this is what we are talking about like all the time <laughs> so you know it's all good <laughs> two things that y'all got me fired up about one thing is is that i feel like it is one of to sit here and say that what you two are doing and what your committee is doing with Amplify the Future and the, and the scholarship is radical. I feel like it, it, it's just, it's like, here's the thing, not that it's not radical, but just that the definition of, of radical right now is basic human rights <laughs> you know right, like I, right. that, that like that's not to me like it's, it's it's only radical because it isn't still isn't enough for it's somehow not palatable for white people to 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 want that still <laughs> that's the, like I sit here every day of my life and I'm like I, I, I'll say something or I'll have this thought and fortunately for me right now I live with another black woman and she we're sitting here having these conversations like uh, you like you too every day mm -hmm. and I'm just like I just said this to somebody and I was like I, they looked at me like I was like like a lizard from Mars or some shit. I'm like, am I that radical? Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't understand that this is actually that radical. And so what it, so what I'm not saying is that what y'all are doing is not radical just is like, it bothers me that, that we are having to define ourselves or that we're feeling like we're radical. Right. Still. Mm -hmm. Let's say, so. let's say transformative too, yes. because like what mm -hmm. we are seeking, like to be successful in a place where we know we're not meant to be successful, mm -hmm. to work against the grain, that idea is radical. And the work that we're doing is going to create transformative change so that that is not against the grain. That in fact, when education and this system of education in this country is really, really whack. <laughs> when oh, this yeah. system of education is more equitable, is more accessible and is free to everybody. Well, we have scholarships to give out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know, I, I feel like the, the, the second thing is that I was like, oh, yes, um, is, oh, shit, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, See, fine. I'm all like, oh, no, I no, gotta say all these things. Go ahead. No, you're, choo, you're choo. Well, to your, to your point before, where it's like, you know, how, how is, how is making spaces for equity for, you know, black and brown students radical like I mean it shouldn't have to be that way but like you know believe us when or believe me when I tell you we're the only scholarship like this we're the only we're the only people doing this scholarship we have amazing partners and amazing sponsors who are supporting us and we're so excited for that but like please believe me when I tell you that we still have people ask us well, why isn't um, it a scholarship for white birders? 
Are you serious? I'm not surprised. Can I? I'm gonna show you my face. I'm behind like a like a yeah. screen here. I'm gonna show you my face. Very serious. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the face. That's the face my kid gets. That's the face my kid gets when I'm like I'm being serious. So yeah, I'm being. I just made a very serious face because people can't see me. I'm just letting you know. Very. Serious. Oh. That's yeah. That's wild to me. I feel like um, um, see, and they, people can miss me personally. Miss me with those questions. Don't even come into my DMs asking some super shit right, like that. So, right. and that that leads me into the like I caught my 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 mind back. But the the thing that I really 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 want to stress here, um, because I've had a kind of a big learning curve just coming into the birding scene on social media social media is its own little like weird thing that i i don't know Mm -hmm. how i feel about it but it's also been very very beneficial for me but i have been you know more more than ever in my life having these conversations with people with white people and having to navigate um events being asked to do this being asked to do that and then and and watching like a hawk let me, this is not, this is to everybody listening. Please understand that when you do not as a white human individual and a white, mostly white, all white organization, when you do not embody anti-racist views every day in your work, in your life, in your personal life, when you do not do that stuff every day, mm-hmm. we know. And so it's not going unnoticed. So you, the, the mere fact that people are, or organizations or whatever are coming into people's inbox, you know, black and brown people's inboxes or, or groups or, or organizations that are trying to do stuff and are on this essential, like, y'all are on some bullshit trying to just check your DEI box. Just know mm-hmm. that we yeah. know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and yeah. that we're yeah, not, we mm-hmm. like, it's not, and there's a reason. And so if you as an individual or an organization are being denied access to us, there's a reason for that. That's, that's, that's all I have to say. <laughs> like, it's so right, bothersome right. to me. And, beep, 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 y'all. Right. And I hate the idea that, you know, and, and this is not something I personally faced, but this is something I've heard from other folks that, you know, if you were to stand in dignity for your own values, one of the things that they'll hit you back with is, well, this is representation. We we have such a platform to bring you in front of other young people who grew up like you. If you say no to this, you're saying no to the movement. And to that, I say kick rocks. But I also <laughs> want to say that it's it's we're working in a system that doesn't want us to succeed. So like that kind of comment just underlines that, right? Like we are unfairly judged when we respond to overt whiteness and we know whiteness is exclusive and we know whiteness is toxic and we know whiteness is meant to be confusing and it's almost meant to be confusing in a way that justifies itself. And you know, you get to that point when someone says, this is the way we've always done it. If you get to that point, we're not talking about values anymore. No, we're talking we're about upholding white supremacy. It takes a couple extra steps to get there. But if you if that's what you can say and that's what you're satisfied with when it comes down to doing the work of what to, to create transformative change, if that's what you have to say to not do that. Well, you know, there, <laughs> I don't think that there will be a future for your organization, to put it lightly. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can just like add like a, I mean, that was amazing. Like what you both just said was just like, so right on. And I hope that every organization listens to this because they will learn, like, here is your free advice. Okay. Mm. All right. This More is, of it. This is what you <laughs> are asking people when you email them and what you're asking them, like, you know, how can we do better? Like, Sam and Taiki just right. laid it out for you, you know, and, you know, we're also looking out for other groups that might not be, um, you know, represented uh, by us, right? So we're also looking out for, you know, I'm going to speak for myself here. Okay. I'm looking out for indigenous communities. I'm looking out for other folks of color. I'm, I'm looking out for, you know, black folks always, 
but we're also looking out for TLGBQ plus communities as well. You know, we're also looking out for disabled communities as well. You know, like, it's not like we know everything, you know, because we've been forgotten, ignored, and, you know, not given a seat at the table, right? But like, we're connected, okay? We have right. this connection. And through this connection, you know, we, we see through all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we really do. And and I like that um I like that you said that a lot, oh, because like what we know that identities are not singular. Like I am not just a black dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm also left handed. Shout out <laughs> to lefties out there. Um mother of a lefty. So. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um but a lot of this is about intersectionality as well, right? Yeah, totally. We know and and I think it is clear to to a lot of folks who follow Anna Gifty on Instagram and Twitter, that if we are not supporting Black women economically, then we, we our our ceiling is lower. You know, it, when 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 Black men when Black women succeed, mm-hmm. we're all doing better. And you know, and I think that we have to think about how you know multiple identities can leave you open to multiple forms of marginalization and multiple forms of uh, oppression and we are not ignorant to the fact that the oppressed can play the role of oppressor right and so it is it is very very important to have that awareness and to think that like while we are a black and latinx burner scholarship fund today we are thinking about how the intersection of multiple identities uh, calls for different kinds of remedies in addressing different types of oppression. And, you know, obviously it can be layered and it can be piled on. And, you know, we also don't want to do anything to conflate that, you know, to conflate multiple experiences while being aware of how they can be different. So, you know, this is um, an opportunity for O and I to be students as, as we are sharing the leadership of this effort. Um, This is something that like, again, we talk about all the time. We even broke down like, what does it really mean to say black and Latinx? Where does black come from? Where does Latinx come from? You know, like, what's the difference between uh, saying that and black and brown people, you know, like, Mm -hmm. are black Americans born in this country today? Are they indigenous? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when we think about black and brown, we have to think about how that has moved, how the movement of people, how the acknowledgement of land has changed so much between today and yesterday. And you think about, yeah, the yesterday of your grandparents and their grandparents and literally how you got to this parcel of land. Because, yeah. you know, the the indigenous communities that we call today Native Americans that we call today the, the, the local tribes that you may know of mine, um, you know, the land that I want to recognize that I'm on based out of Washington, D.C., in the native lands of the Nakachuk peoples. And we have to think about like, what does that mean if we are answering or if we're trying to answer the question, how did we get here? Because when we think about the answer to that question, then we're in a better place to realize what we need to do to make things better. Yeah, it's it's also about acknowledging the diaspora, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and, you know, for everybody listening, like Taiki and I, you know, we talk regularly and we talk about this a lot like you know as he said we are we are also students here you know so yeah that was really beautifully put (laughs) thank you thank you Taiki I think like the 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 other thing that I would love for listeners to kind of walk away from one of the many things is that like at the end of the day, black and brown people spend all day, every day thinking about this stuff. Mm. So when you actually come in asking questions, like know that that's extra work. And that is, is, is us unlearning and processing, unlearning and relearning our own identities within white ass America. And so uh, when you, when, literally when you come wow, in here, wow, you wow. ask us to do stuff, and 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 explain things I, wow. personally don't ask me miss me so because i'm not going to do it <laughs> but i, I have, have to but listening I, to that 
I'm not going to do it. And, 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 but it took me a long, it took me a whole, most of my life to, to come to that. You know what I mean? And so, but that is because I have these conversations now every day, all day. So (laughs) that's the only way that I have come to that. And I, I hope that the, all of my black and brown listeners also can come to that and know that you don't got to do the extra work if you don't want to. So I want to push along. All of that was great. And it kind of felt like the let's dig into it part of this. But I mean, we could get <laughs> deeper. I'm, I'm here for all of this. But I think what you guys did great, though, is talk a lot about the future of, of or like where Amplify the Future is headed. Um, and I love that it's, it's um, pliable in terms of like, um, being able to adjust with the changing needs of, of our community. You know, so, you know, as Amplify the Future, you know, we are, we are primarily focused on the Black and Latinx birders fund, um, but we do have plans for other initiatives um, for other funds. Um, and, uh, you know, we also uh, plan to provide career resources and we're always, always currently and always looking to network uh, for people. You know, that's one of the reasons why we believe in our um, independence and retaining our independence uh, from our partners and our sponsors. Our partners and sponsors do not have influence on how we um, uh, operate at all. Um, but our partners and sponsors are extremely important in how we're able to network and, you know, bring more equity to, you know, what we do, which is like bird conservation, right? Bird advocacy, birding, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, we, we might have some news. <laughs> I mean, I know one thing that it would be, um, I'd be remiss if we didn't announce here. <laughs> one thing, <laughs> yes. Uh, I hope everyone checks their calendars for uh, April 17th, because that's an important day for us. Could be an important day for you. It's definitely an important day for birds. That day is our day of our big sit-a-thon, which is an important fundraiser that will help uh, not just build awareness of the scholarship, but hopefully, you know, put some dollars in the fund so that we can continue this work, continue supporting black and brown birders and you know, keep building that vision of what Amplify the Future can and should be. And what could you tell me more about what a big sit-a-thon is, Orieta? If I had to, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so um, so a big sit-a-thon, you know, uh, other organizations have done big sit-a-thons and stuff, but ours is uh, unique to ourselves, right? So we're virtual and um, we have our, our team, which is our committee, and um, one of our very special partners, Sam. <laughs> Yay! Surprise, everyone! <laughs> Let's just like, drop that news now, right? Right, so, right. We are so proud to, you know, tell everybody that uh, Always Be Burden is one of our media partners. We are so excited for that. And Sam is going to join us on our big sit. And what makes our big sit um, unique? It's number one. It's a big sit-a-thon, so we are we are sitting like all day, right? And uh, it's fun because it gets kind of weird, especially towards the end. But you know what's also unique about um, us, besides getting totally weird, is that uh, we're all in different areas. So, like mm-hmm. Sam, where are you at? Portland, Oregon, on the, the Pacific Northwest. Taiki, nice. where are you at? Washington, D.C., soon to be the 51st state. Yeah. And I am in Maryland on Piscataway tribal lands. And we also have somebody in Arizona. We have, you know, people spread out all over the country. So that is also what makes our big sit unique. So we're going to be live streaming it. And we're going to be able to talk about the different birds that each other are seeing and, you know, somebody like me who has never birded the West Coast, like, I can't wait to talk to you, Sam, about the birds that we're seeing with you. And, you know, people who are turning in to see you are going to, you know, hear all about the East Coast birds, right? So, yeah. So, um, basically, what we do is we pick a spot that's 15 feet about in diameter, and we basically just sit there 
all day long and we count all the different bird species that we see and our supporters and our donors and everybody who loves us, they pledge per bird um, what, how many birds they think we're going to see collectively together, right? And then during the day, we also do interviews with our partners and sponsors. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot, there's, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's a big media feast. So mm -hmm. yeah, so please join us. <laughs> Looking forward to doing that again. That date is April 17th. That's a Saturday. And even though we're, we're speaking in Eastern time zones, it's happening from sunup to sundown. So literally, we can't see birds no more. And then <laughs> maybe a day or two after to recover. And oh, then yeah. we'll talk about <laughs> results. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely be feeling weird by the end of it. For right, sure. right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm so, 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 so excited to participate in this. Right. Um, I can't wait to participate. I'm also so excited to partner with you all. I like, I can't, I, I don't know how many times or how I can express how much I appreciate and like adore what you, what you guys do. Um, and that I am just so happy to help push your message. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored, honestly. So. Mutually. Thank you so much, Sam. Same. Awesome. Same. Um, cool. And then just to wrap up real quickly, if you want to shout out any personal individual or organization, other organizations or anybody that is doing great work or, or just somebody that you want to shout out, go for it. Say what you want. Call me corny. But I want to shout out Orietta Estrada. She is an amazing leader. Hello. I have the the deep honor and privilege that like meet a stranger online. Oh no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as one does. And you know, you get to build this incredible thing together, be a part of this really awesome movement. And, you know, I think we, we, we only had one opportunity to do like a social distance birding situation. <laughs> and that's when I learned that Orietta and I are not the same size. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I just thought we were the same height. I just assumed, you know, like I just see people on Zoom. I'm like, we're all the same height. This is just, that's just it, <laughs> you know? Turns out, no, you can't just make these assumptions. Like that's just, you know, you, <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I say all that um, to say that, you know, there's so much, I'm excited and so much that I'm blessed to look forward to because of what we're building together today. And so just a big shout out to O. Cute. That was cute as shit. <laughs> I thought I was she gorgeous. Was so, she was so uh, like bent over blushing. Like you have, you got her with that one. Like if I could turn pink, I would yeah. be turning pink right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I mean, hey, you're awesome. You deserve your roses. Come on now. Like let's 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 oh, give each other our roses. You did the thing that I was going to do. Oh my God. <laughs> I was going to put you on the spot. See, that would have made you corny. You. That would have made you corny. That would have made you very corny. <laughs> well, now you have to pick someone else because it doesn't count now. Now it doesn't. It counts. It would cancel out. Oh, my cheeks are oh hurting. <laughs> well, I mean, okay. So, you know, our, our committee is like really amazing. And there are a, a lot of people on our committee who are just like doing the work and working so hard for, for this vision that we all have together, you know? And, um, you know, I wanna give a special shout out to Yamina. Mm. Okay? Yamina, our secretary. Yes. You know, who like helps us stay on track and you know, who's out there doing her work and also, you know, doing her outreach with young students or youth and, you know, really sharing her love of birds and the environment and, you know, like literally out there doing this work. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's incredible. Like, yeah, if anybody is, is out there listening, you know, check out Yamina. They're yeah. awesome. Yes, Yamina, I um, I love that because I'm actually have been sitting on her interview um, with me uh, for a while. So I'm actually was planning on dropping it at the same time that I dropped 
your guys' oh, of wow. everything. So, yeah. And I did not know that. Wow. No, I didn't. Wow, so, that's awesome. <laughs> Like, he wouldn't let me pick him. And I was like, you know, because, like, you know, Pim Das, Pim Das. You mean that's a good one, too. I had a blast yeah. talking to her. She's amazing. I can't so wait. I, I, yeah, it's, it'll be, that was, that was, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, right, 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 right. And, like, I like, too, man, there's so much to look forward to on always be burdened because oh, yeah. you know you got the european starling episode you got our episode you got yamina's episode you stay busy you stay booked and we're all proud of you yeah Thank sam we, you. we think you're great and we just mm-hmm. really appreciate like you know your grace y'all are doing big things we're doing big things and we're we're gonna do some big things together so right yeah, right totally. you know the respect I, is there like we respect you so much <laughs> and like we love talking to you we love the work you're doing and we love your podcast (laughs) and we're so like honored to be on it it's amazing i want to thank you too so much for being here um and just also want to remind everybody listening that you can go to my coffee shop uh buymeacoffee.com backslash always be burdened there you can donate 50% of those proceeds go to my black and brown guests that I have on for their time and their stories. Um, and always, 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 always remember that you can always be burning. All right, we'll see you next time.